drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back here on a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions, talking Lions after a victory against the Chicago Bears. I mean... We've got tons to talk about today. I'll get into that in a moment. But, man, it's been two, three weeks. We've had a holiday go by. We've had lots of other stuff go by. But I got the one and only Grifka here on the show. He's at GrifkaDKC on Twitter. I'm sure he'll give us a cheap plug multiple times about that. Grifka, I'm very curious. I have no idea how how you might answer this, but how you doing, buddy? Oh, man, you know it's been a while, but I'm still doing good. Doing good. <laughs> there it is. Griff, let me give you this before we jump into the show today. Since me and you last did a Kool-Aid cast, uh, there was the Turkey Day embarrassment, and both on the field as well as all the food I ate that I shouldn't eat, the double embarrassment there on Thanksgiving. Matt Pat, who we dubbed on the show two years ago with that nickname, and BQ, they gone. <laughs> they, <laughs> we, we, we got Daryl Bevel. He ruined two marriage proposals since we last talked. We've got DeAndre Swift. He got a random concussion. Nobody will mention what it is. It's one of those uh, CIA conspiracies. I'm not going to go to the music right now, but you know what it is. We have no idea how he got it. Then he got cleared. Then he got sick. <laughs> Basically, DeAndre Swift hasn't touched a football since he balled out, and we all dubbed him the next great Lions running back. Kenny Galladay continues to miss games for we don't know what reason, probably because he hasn't got his aid. Um, and, and, and Grifka, the Lions beat the Bears in what I call a very fun game, uh, a game that I'm sure you'll be shocked for, to hear that I was all about the W. I'm not one of these people that are all worried about the draft pick. We'll get into that later. Matt Stafford balled out. Grifka, he threw for 400. I mean, let's go. I mean, I, me and you back together, all that's happened since we, we last talked. I mean, Grifka. Drink it in, man. Let, let's serve up that Kool-Aid. Let's get into this show, man. I know you're doing good, doing good, but we got to talk about some highlights for the Chicago Bears game here. I mean, what do you think about this game before we get into it? Um... I thought the team would come out with a lot more energy and I thought the defense may be a little more aggressive and, but they still look the same. And for a while, I mean, obviously for a long time, I think me and a lot of Lions fans were just disappointed in, in how they looked. And, uh, but you know, it was one of those things like in the second half, I don't know if it was like mm. they, uh, if, if uh, you know, uh, Bevel was able to give them like some, some pep talk, this team stayed in it. We're in past, you know, games this season, even last season, seemed like they would have quit at halftime with where they were at. But uh, they, they stayed in it and, um, you know, was pretty impressed by that. 
even uh, in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was sitting there. I wasn't getting too high. I wasn't really expecting them to come back. But, gosh, I was so impressed the way they kept fighting. And then when they got the fumble, I, I went back to my old self. When O'Cora knocked it out, I was like, fumble, fumble, fumble. It was like, I was like ecstatic. I haven't been that way in a long time. <laughs> and then Griff, pulling out like, the W, man, I was just like, I was like, wow, did that just happen? Because it had been so long since you've seen that. I mean, what? I mean, you saw the stat. I believe they showed it during the game. It's been, what, since 2016, the last time the Lions came back from 10 in the fourth quarter or something like that? Oh, Grifka, you know what I got to say to that stat? What's that? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, Grifka, you got to bring the energy. You got to bring the Kool-Aid for the people. To Check know. it in. Uh... I, I don't want to hear this, um, hmm, huh, oh, I thought they didn't look energetic. Oh, they were going to, like... The, the Lions, Griff, could, came out, yeah, the, the defense was poor. Again, like, everybody knew the defense wasn't going to flip a switch and, and, and be what, Griff? Could, what's a good defense from back in the day you might mention on the show every week? Let me talk about Oh, defense. man, they weren't the Steel Curtain or anything like that or the Doomsday defense or Orange <laughs> Crush, anything like that. Exactly. So, like, we all knew they were going to be Swiss cheese. That's what they are, and that's what they were early in this ball game. But the Lions hung in there. Matt Stafford threw the football all around the yard, and we have a great comeback victory to talk about. So let's get into a few of the bullets, the highlights. Again, we're not going to run down the three, four things that you want to highlight that went wrong. We're going to talk about the good things that happened in this game, Grifka. And the first one I got written down is Lions are down 16-6 with only like 2.15 left in the second quarter. The Grifkas of the world are thinking they're going to go out and play tiddlywinks or go mow their yard or walk around the town square whatever you do these days and instead matt stafford uncorks a ball down the right sideline to quintez cephas hello fifth round pick finally actually got an opportunity threw it up deep to the kid makes a great catch touchdown detroit lions i mean gosh where is the uh i don't know if i got Dap- dapper dan but i got this <laughs> He, un- he unleashes one for a touchdown. This gets us right back in the ball game, makes it, uh, what, 13-16 at that point in the game. What a throw. What a catch. I love seeing it from the rookie. Yeah, that was awesome, especially the way Stafford rolled out and just, you know, did the hand signal for him to, you know, for CFS to, you know, continue running down the field as opposed to, like, coming back. Like, wide receivers, most of them are trained to do that. If you see your quarterback scramble, you're supposed to kind of peel back you know, try to find an open area for the quarterback to throw your ball. But Stafford noticed there was nobody behind him, and he just waved him down the field. And I don't know if Cephas, if the cornerback was, like, looking in the backfield or something like that, because, I mean, me and you both know Cephas isn't the fastest wide receiver. But, you know, he had a couple steps on the guy. And I know Bears fans are going to be out there. Well, he pushed off. It's just like, yeah, I mean, he was running to put his arm out, and the Bears defender ran into it. There's nothing I can do about that. It wasn't a push-off, but that was, I mean, that, you know, it was a nice catch, him going to the ground, and you've seen that before where guys will they'll land on their back and the ball will, like, jar loose. But holding on to the ball in that pass, that was that was amazing. I was like, I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> Grifka, we, we, we know your tagline on the show is, he ain't that great. G- give me he ain't that great, but do he ain't that fast for Quintez Cephas. That'll be funny. <laughs> Man, he ain't that fast. <laughs> and Griffka, I've got the drop, the old Dan Miller. What what a throw by Matt Stafford. Great catch by Quinta Cephas. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, I, I was fired up. I love to see it. Griffka, I had a take on Twitter. You can find me at Derek Oakry about how about instead of running Marvin Jones out of town, 
how about we maybe keep this guy around on a good contract, both for him and for the team? The guy's been nothing but a good player on and off the field. I, I know the numbers, the speed, some of the things aren't there that you look for, but I feel like he makes plays when he's given opportunities and, and he's bought in with with Detroit since he's been here. You, you got a quick take on Marvin Jones because he had another great ball game here. Yeah, that uh, I was pretty happy about that. He seemed to be missing there for a little bit, but he's really come alive the last uh, few weeks, you know, balling out. He had another great touchdown catch. At, I realized he was getting some yards, but when at one point when I saw a stat line where he had broke 100, I was just like, really? I mean, he's over 100 yards? I mean, it was kind of like that sneaky 100 yards where some guys, they you know, they get like that 80-yard catch, and then they got like, you know, three catches for like a hundred yards. Well, 80 of it's one yard, but 80 of it's in one of the catches. But that was, it was like that sneaky hundred. He had, he had a great game, you know, yeah. really happy with what Marvin Jones did. I don't know if he's looking to hang around or, you know, it's that part of the season where he's looking to, you know, Hey, I'm good for one more contract either here in Detroit, but happy stepped up, you know, against the, the bears. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I think every Lions fan I've heard from is just assuming he's gone, wants him gone, act like he's, you know, some 35, 36-year-old receiver on his absolute last leg. If he's going to play somewhere else, I don't know why he couldn't play here for a decent deal depending on what they do with the roster. I mean, if they want to move on from him and get some more speed and get some more youth at the position, I don't mind it, but... I just think he's been a good player and whatnot. And Grifka, this next one, I got to call you on the carpet for. Like, you're going on and on when Logan was on here running down Adrian Peterson, talking about, oh, what's he done? Oh, I don't care about leadership. Just, uh, you know, what it's about what you've done. I mean, all the guy's done recently is get short yardage touchdowns and continue to, uh, you know, be more than serviceable at the running back position, which we haven't had in a while. Like, you got anything to say about the new and improved the touchdown machine named Adrian Peterson that got in the end zone twice again and, and helped us get this W. I mean, you, you want to make men's. Do you want to just stay with that horrible take you had a few weeks ago? What do you want to do? I'll pretty much uh, kind of stay with that horrible take. You know, I ain't going to okay. waffle back. No, he's, he's, <laughs> you're just not going to waffle out back. A little bit, you know, a couple of one, one yard touchdown <laughs> runs. Okay. He's, he's getting the Marcus Allen treatment right oh. here when Marcus Allen was with the Kansas City Chiefs where you get like, you know, 300 yards in the year, but have 12 touchdowns because they're all one-yard dives. And all I right, like well, Marcus Allen. That's just what happened when he was in Kansas City. Well, well there it is, everybody. Grifka's not going to waffle back and forth. I mean, if that's not funny, I, I don't know what is here on the show. I mean, that that's a that's a waffle of saying I'm not going to waffle if I've ever heard one. <laughs> the, the other part of that that makes me laugh is like, what's your problem with one-yard touchdowns, Grifka? Would you rather have what we've had the last decade watching Lions football? People get stuffed at the goal line? Would you rather have us uh, fall flat on our face and not be able to punch these in the end zone? I mean, is anything ever good for you? I swear. This is this reminds me of why I would walk away hating this show sometimes. Because here I'm back with you. I'm trying to serve up some Kool-Aid. You you know how we do it on the show. Drink it in, man. And, and you're sitting here going, oh, wow, what do you do? Big congratulations, a one-yard touchdown. Yeah, we're going to get into it here in a moment. That, that basically won us the ball game. I mean... Gosh almighty, can never make you happy. So let's keep the highlights going here. 23-13 was the halftime score. Chicago. So down 10, like you said, when you were ho-humming and pulling the show down in the gutter. The Lions were down 10 at half. 
And then Grifka, do you want to take this next highlight in the second half? It was a certain touchdown to a certain tight end that we often mention on the show. Do you want to do it or you want me to do it? I, I don't know. I'm thinking really that was, you know, another tight end in his jersey just so people think he still plays on the team. Because uh I don't know he I don't know where that came from and I don't know how they let him on the field. I don't know if he won the coin flip or something like that to actually get in that play, but that was kind of like um where have you been type one of those things and uh, he he was open for the touchdown i think they just left him open because they figured he wasn't going to throw him the ball anyways but that was uh i'll take that touchdown out of out of my boy the outlaw jesse james he's obviously earning that check this week and go to the pay window on tuesday and get his check <laughs> it's a big check for the outlaw jesse james but uh <laughs> Grifka, the funniest thing is the minute he scores that touchdown, I get multiple tweets from people quoting our, our gimmick here on the show and, and yelling it out, telling asking what you thought of that or or how the outlaw is still stealing money. So that that was incredible. I don't know where it came from either, but we'll take it. I mean, gosh, what, $6 million times three years times three plays that he's made for the team since he's been here. I mean, I mean, that's not bad if you can do it. That's about, you know what, $9 million a play? <laughs> Somewhere in that range. Good money if you can make it, man. Right I guess so. Gosh, man. The guy how how do you have... apply for that job anyways? I'm looking <laughs> well... to make $9 million for the two seconds I show up. Is that, is that cool? What's what's under his helmet? A ski mask or, a, or one of those stocking caps? What do you think? I mean, <laughs> one of the two has got to be under his, his helmet the way he's just taking money from this team. But yeah, the outlaw scores, unbelievable. But Grifka, it's still 30 to 20 bears late in this football game. Is this when you were out paying tiddlywinks or saying how much you ate the team or, or saying SOL or, or crying in your Cheerios or, or or did you hang in there for this one? Um, I believe at that point I was uh, flipping back and forth between that and NFL Network watching highlights of other games. <laughs> Uh, see Grifka, uh, okay. see everybody Grifka doesn't hang in there this is why he's the waffle maker Grifka doesn't hang in with the team but then when they flip the script he wants to come in here and tell you how great the game was how excited he was for the win I think we saw his third maybe maybe it's your second or third somewhere in that range two or three positive tweet of all time when you actually liked uh, me saying this was a fun victory you actually liked it which surprised me because you never put anything positive out there for the people um but i knew you'd probably be checked out at this point yet what happens matt stafford after that so it's 30 20 here Grifka's checked out he's flipping back he's just what was me matt stafford has one of the, the worst interceptions i've ever seen from him or any quarterback for that matter he he goes to his classic i got to throw sidearm every third throw throws it right into a defensive lineman right in front of his face the ball sticks to the defensive lineman's arm and he picks it off and starts running down the field i mean if, if you hadn't quit on the team at this point griffka you and every other lions fan definitely walked out here because this is just one of those how do you throw that how do you not see them why are you even trying to go sidearm right into the guy it, it just made no sense on so many levels i don't know stafford laughing about it afterwards of course because they end up uh, being okay but this was just a horrible play by the quarterback yeah that was one of them it's just uh you often see it where a defensive lineman or whatever get their hands up and it's thrown hard enough it'll just you know you know care them off and go whichever it's like he threw it and it was like almost like so soft and he was just like there it would just you're right it just like stuck to it it's like 
Did he have to stick him on his arm or something? Because but why do you throw it? That, that you don't amazing. throw it. You don't throw that ball. And Matt Stafford continues not to, like, he'll be way out of the pocket. All he has to do is throw it out of bounds. He'll either take the sack or get crushed out of bounds. Does this guy not understand how to throw the football away? Like, I don't understand what he's doing the last few games. He's he's throwing the ball right to J.J. Watt on Turkey Day. He's throwing the ball right at this guy when there's no reason to do so if it's covered burn it into the ground, throw it out of bounds into the eighth row, and move on. Like, what's his problem? Yeah, I don't uh, – either he's just trying to make plays or – Griff could just, just say just, it's a he's noggin. He's not seeing the field, but he should be able to at this point in his career. I mean, he's been around long enough. Just say it's a noggin scratcher so we can move on. Yeah, it's definitely a noggin stra- scratcher there. Another, that's one of my new Grifka favorites because nobody says that ever except you, but it's funny, no doubt about it. All right, Grifka, let's keep it moving because that was basically Stafford's only mistake of the day. He, he played incredible. I, I knew when I brought that up, you'd probably want to talk about the pick for 20 minutes. Instead, what we got to talk about is Everson Griffin, the absolute beast, coming off the edge, giving the old... Um, I'll tee you up on this one, Grifka. Who's a player that maybe used to do a spin move back in the day? You'd probably bring him up on this show that used to get sacks doing that. I'm sure you got a great name for the people from two decades ago or so. Um, Let's see. Guys who do spin moves like that. Reggie White had a pretty decent spin move. You know, can't complain about him. Um, Grifka, the more more recent is Dwight Freeman. Come on. uh, Dwight Freeney was the guy. Dwight Freeney was the guy, but the fact that you brought up uh, oh, Reggie Dwight. White like you do on every other thing about uh, pass rushers is, is even better. So thank you for oh, that. Oh, you said Jim. Dwight Freeney. I thought you said Dwayne White there for a second. I'm like, huh? I don't know what. <laughs> that's, that's your boy, Dwayne White. You took a picture with him last year. I mean, one of your one of your lifetime highlights. That's right. Yeah, it's like when I vomited at practice. He's the one who brought out the sawdust to clean it up. <laughs> Griff could. Everson Griffin, I love that he's brought to this team. Lots of juice. He's incredible at the podium with his interviews. Love this sack. He put the guy in spin cycle on third and four in the fourth quarter. Got the defense off the field. I I wrote soon after that, man, I hope we can keep this guy because him, Flowers, Okwara, Okwara Jr., and uh, a nasty guy in the draft would really give us an increased rush off the edge. And we definitely need that. So love what he's bringing. Let's go ahead and, and and close out this highlight recap because we got other stuff to get to. People, don't go anywhere. We, we're going to talk about Matt Stafford. I know you hear about him every day, but I got some big things to talk about with him. And I want to ask Grifka, what's the state of the franchise now, and, and how is he going to move us forward? I cannot wait to hear that. You guys are going to want to stick around. But, Grifka, before we take our break, um, big sack by Griffin, and then – Matt Stafford leads his team on a 94-yard touchdown drive all the way down the field. This drive started about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Bing, bam, boom, down the field. Next thing you know, zippity-doo-dah up to Marvin Jones, wide open for a touchdown. I mean, absolutely loved it big time. I mean, gosh, not much time left in the game. We're still clunking around down 10. I mean, this was a great play, great throw, great catch, great touchdown. Gets us back in the ball game, but still got to get a stop. What are you thinking at this point? I'm sure you stopped doing the dishes or, you know, working on a crossword puzzle at this point, and now you're back fired up, uh, you know, probably pouring yourself a glass of that Honolulu blue drink. Drink it in, man. Um, actually, I was still kind of uh, him and hung because we all saw what <laughs> Mitch did in week one. 
And then it didn't help when they had the uh, 15 yard personal foul was a horse collar, which is now, I guess the horse collar is pretty much anywhere when you grab the shoulder pad, no matter what. So, uh, you know, I was like another 15. I was just like, great. And then it's like, before he blinked around the line side of the field and Mitch has the ball and we all knew what he did, but uh, I'd have to say, what was his, uh, what was that guy who made the stop foster? The guy they just brought up. Who made the made the stop on fourth down? That's got, you know, no, Griff. It's not Foster. It's Kevin Strong. Kevin Strong. That's right. <laughs> Kevin Strong. I was thinking Kevin Foster. I'm like, that's not. That Kevin sound right. Strong, Griff. I mean, Kevin Strong. Yeah, he was strong on that play. <laughs> playing, playing like his last name in the middle of the defense. I I gotta mention this because I skipped over it. What a freaking catch by Danny Amendola on that touchdown drive. Absolutely went horizontal, snagged it with his hands. Hawkinson had an incredible catch earlier in the game, too. Grifka's favorite tight end when he made a beauty. I mean, great to see that. These guys making plays, keeping balls off the ground. They got to love it. And, uh, and like I say, Marvin scored at 218, so, of course, Grifka got ahead of us. But, yeah, they get the ball. They come back down. There's a, a penalty. I mean, I don't know why you would beef about a penalty, Grifka, on a horse collar when the guy grabbed him by the collar uh, and pulled him down. That's kind of the definition of the rule. But, sure enough, I knew that they still had a chance. They moved down the field. Allen Robinson, for some no good reason, decides to step out of bounds when he could have easily got the first down. And next thing you know, Fourth and one, the Lions come up huge. Kevin Strong kind of huge by getting this stop. I mean, fourth and one, when do we ever just shut everybody down and, and get the thing? It felt like the refs were trying to do everything they could, though, to make this a first down. Like, Grifka, is it just me, or do you watch NFL games and think every week that they just make up spots left, right, and center? Guys like a yard and a half short, oh, move the sticks. You know, like, I, I couldn't believe they actually called this down and then, you know, waited around to try to figure it out. I thought for sure they are going to say, we're, we're going to re-spot and re-measure and give it to them. But sure enough, I mean, they measured this thing was way short. I mean, Detroit Lions running off the field. Going crazy, lots of juice. Daryl Bevel, Grifka, first Dubsky as a uh, as a Lions coach after Adrian Peterson pounded it in for another short touchdown. That wasn't a one yard touchdown, Grifka. He ran this in from four, five, six yards out, however long it was. Ran over the defense, put somebody up looking at the lights, and next thing you know, the Lions got the W. I mean, gotta love this. I think I think we actually went in reverse order. I think he scored, and then we were able to stop him on fourth to basically end the ball game. I mean, you gotta love it. Everybody was going crazy. Lions fans were loving it. You were back on board. And uh, then after the break, we're going to get into all the people that I had to duke it out with on Twitter that wanted to tell me why this win was horrible, why we shouldn't be happy, why the draft pick was compromised, why this is going to ruin the franchise. I mean, Grifka, you got anything else to say about this W before we take the break? Because I'm going to stir it up after the break. I got some things to say about that and Matt Stafford. Uh, no, I'm just really impressed with the fight in this team. So, uh, you know, once again, kudos for the Lions for hanging in there. Kudos from Grifka, another classic here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, as well as positivity a little bit from Grifka. There's three for you on that one. Everybody take a quick pause. Listen to this quick thing about my other podcast, BLEAV and Lines with Benny Blades, and we come back. We're talking why this didn't ruin the pick, why this was actually a good win for the team. We're going to talk about Matt 
Stafford and why he's just the biggest piece of this team. Should he go? Should he stay? How does he throw for 400 when he'd been clunking around the last couple weeks, not looking so hot? Um, and then I got to get the Grifka state of the franchise. That That's worth every penny. You got to stay tuned for that at the end of the show. Everybody, we'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety, Benny Blades, played for the Lions. He also played for... The U, you know what it is, the University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times a show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back from the break. We thank you so much for listening to the show today. It's been too long where I got to beat up Grifka on the show, where he got to talk about Lions, where he got to him and Haw and give you a few gimmick lines. It's been too long, Grifka. Yeah, it has. I was uh, you know, starting to miss you. I thought maybe you uh, had a side hustle where you brought in somebody else and you were you know, acting like you still wanted to like do the, do the show with me. I was really starting to wonder. So uh, I'm glad you're back, man. <laughs> I do have the silence, and that's B-L-E-A-V with the one and only Benny Blades. But he hasn't replaced you yet, Grifka. I mean, you, you're, <laughs> you're still out there doing what you do, which some of the people, amazingly enough, out in Twitter land love to, you know, quote the Grifka lines. You know, they, they love it when I put at Grifka DKC in a tweet because they know I'm about to, I'm about to give you the backhand just like I do on the show here often. But... They know that we love the Lions, and they've been waiting for us to get back on, mix it up, and talk about these Lions. So let's do that right now. Let's go into a hashtag Oakry rant. Grifka, every year on this show, at the end of the year, because the team's been so bad, we have to get into the talk where you're like, why why do you care about the pick? I just want the team to win. And I have to sit here and say, Grifka... The minute there's nothing to play for, the minute that you're just, you know, have substitutes all over the football field, the minute that games don't matter, you need to use your brain and think about the draft pick. Do I say that every year or do I not? You always do. And you sit there and you go, but I like to win. Winning's fun. I enjoy the Lions winning. And I I have to berate you because that's a, that's a horrible take. But you know what's worse than that, Grifka? Are these people... 
that are coming after me now saying meaningless win this team's horrible why would they do such a thing we ruined our draft pick Grifka, we are one game out of a playoff spot let me throw that out first and let me throw right behind it we know this team's not that great <laughs> we know this <laughs> but we are in the mix so the fact that people would just act like throw it away here's the other thing people all you draft experts out there Going from 8 to 12 isn't the end of the world. Now, when you're in the top three and you go to 10 or 12 at that point, yeah, you're killing yourself if you need and want a quarterback. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But we didn't kill our draft stock. There's, what, three, four games left. If this team isn't that great like we think it is, they're not going to run the table. But if they do run the table, I'm all for it. The minute that they can't make the playoffs, the minute that we're not seeing Swift, Galladay's not coming back, you know, there's nothing to play for. Yeah, that's when I'm turning my brain to the protect the pick, don't win the games. This was a fun win for the Lions. It was a division win for the Lions. It got them back in the mix. It was a comeback win, and it got the team some juice it got Daryl Bevel his first head coaching win that he can now build on and tell the team this week going into play psh, Green Bay and those bums. He could say, let's let's do what we did last week. Let's bring even more juice. Let's sling it around even more. There was lots of good things about this win. And for people to act like this is draft pick only time or that, you know, a pick a slot or two is going to win them some type of lottery and that they're going to make every perfect decision. There's so much time before we get to that point. That point's not right now. I'm not saying this team's going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to make some big playoff run. But I'm saying there's still stuff on the line. These are NFL professionals. They're going to want to win. So all this garbage from fans, you can just take it and shove it because that's not a winning mentality, and that's not where we're at right now in the season to be going going there. I'm talking to you, Mike Valeni, you chump. All right, go ahead, Griffith. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I saw that too, how Valenny said that, but uh, the state of this team is like, it's, you know, at least it's given fans hope and, and you're right. We, like you said, this team's not that great. I totally agree with you on that, but still, I mean, was it Minnesota's like, I think they're sitting in the last spot right now for the, the wild card. And, you know, they barely pulled out a win against Jacksonville and, at home nonetheless so i mean i know minnesota rolled us but still i mean that's the last game of our year we're still sitting in that we have what a tough game three tough games here in a row i mean green bay at home then at tennessee who just got rolled by your boy baker who had one good game and everybody wants to talk like this guy put his bust in can't and it's just like okay he had one good game you know look at all the games he threw for like you know 10 of 14 for like 108 yards and a loss or whatever so you know, he's still terrible, but so Detroit can beat, you know, Tennessee. I mean, they are a beatable team, even with the great Ryan Tannehill. And then, you know, they got Tampa Bay at home, and Tampa Bay has been real up and down, but they got a lot of firepower, and I know we'll cover them guys later, but still. I mean, there's a little something there, you know, so it, it, actually, it gives you some hope to see some life in this team. They've seemed so lethargic, you know, since, you know, week five. So to go out there and play that, I mean – I think I'm not saying bevel for head coach. That's not what I'm saying at all, but still, I mean, the guys seem to be playing hard. There's some guys you think that just, you know, want to stick around. Like you mentioned, Everson Griffin, he's still showing. I'm sure, you know, with this is, you know, once again, contractor, he's trying to put something out there, but it'd be a guy like his energy, what he's out there. He's still playing hard. He was out there playing hard when it seemed like some of the other guys weren't playing so hard. So, you know, where this team is at, some of the talent on it, the young talent, 
it's, I mean, I, you get the right coach in here. I mean, the, the future can be bright. Grifka, I don't even know what to do with what all that stuff you just said there. First of all, I agree with you on, on some of it. The, the part I don't agree with you on, we're not going to spend much time on it, is that you continually can't give people credit when they're playing well. You got this hang-up, I think, where because you have a take years ago about a player or that you think was right for a time, you can't you can't give in. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense, this mentality you have about not admitting that sometimes a guy's playing better or whatever, I'm looking, I, I don't think I have your horrible Baker Mayfield take, but Grifka, I'm sitting here looking, the, the guy's got 21 TDs, 7 picks, his team's 9-3, and three. I'm pretty sure you would take that for any Lions quarterback, any player ever, yet you still want to rag on this guy, you continue to forget that you ragged on DK Metcalf every week, you can't admit that, that he's incredible, it's like... You're, you can be wrong every once in a while. You can just tip your cap and say the guy's playing good football. You don't have to continue the, the gimmick all the way into the ground. That's first and foremost. Secondly, like you you went into the Grifka's uh, bag of tricks where you're just talking about, you know, oh, I'm not here to say. Nobody, nobody deemed Daryl Bevel the head coach. Nobody's sitting here saying um, all this, you know, craziness. We're just saying it's a fun win. I was saying I, they showed some fight. The comeback was fun. The win gives them a chance. That's all we're saying. So, like like I said, I know you're sitting there quiet on Twitter, but I'm beating these people off with a stick just saying, I'm draft pick guy. I'm guy that says don't don't ruin the pick, but not right now. Not when there's something to fight for and play for. So, I don't know. I, I think I got distracted by the fact that you continue to run down Baker Mayfield, even though he's playing well. You continue to, to go on your gimmicks about uh, Kirk Cousins sucks when he's putting up crazy numbers most weeks. I mean... Grifka, it's not going to kill you one day to come on here and say, wow, I got it wrong, or man, I'm mistaken. I mean, you can do that, just so you know. No, Kirk Cousins still ain't that great, and Baker Mayfield will always suck. You know, it's like, that's that's my take, and that's the way it'll always be. Yeah, but Sorry. just because it's your take doesn't mean how it is. Like, the way it be is completely opposite of your take, yet you won't admit it. So, same with the Lions. So you, you would, would want to say the Lions so are no I, I guess on a side note, so would you take either one of those guys over Matt Stafford? Grifka, again, it depends what your criteria is. Right now, those guys are playing head and shoulders above what Matt Stafford was playing until this week. So if you had one game, you had to pick one of those. They're, they're starting their one game. I'm not saying, oh, for the future, with their setting. No, that's what I'm saying. You had one game. And you had to, and those were the three quarterbacks you had to that's choose from. That's not the point. The point is that you say this guy sucks, yet he's got great numbers this year. He's leading his team, and they're winning games. How how does that how does that equate to the guy still sucks? one good team, and that was Tennessee. Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, I was wondering, we're still talking about Baker Mayfield here, right? Because he's been one I'm good using team. Using him as an okay. example that Tennessee, you say he still that was sucks, it. So and he doesn't. So the sun on him, and all of a sudden this guy. Oh my gosh, look how awesome he is! I mean, their schedule has been like a cakewalk schedule. And I was like, yeah, I know you only beat who's in front of you. Yeah, I got it. But still, I mean, oh my gosh. It's like, anyway, we're, we're not, not here to talk great. about Baker Mayfield, but I'm, we're here to talk about the fact that you. Wait, are we talking don't... about Kirk Cousins now? Because that team sucks. Okay. I mean, I don't care about his stats because that team. Cousins has he, a great. He's not that great. 
Oh my gosh! All right, let's keep it moving because we got to talk about Matt Stafford. But the fact that you okay. just you just the act guy, like you said something you Baker said something four let's years ago doesn't always make it true. I mean, we got to get to that point sometime. Just because you sitting in your lazy boy said someone sucks four years ago doesn't mean he sucks when they're playing good football. That's plain and simple. So four Matt years Stafford, from now, I'll still say he sucks. I don't yeah, care. You'll when he's getting when he, when he's like. You know, if he ever puts on the gold jacket, I'll be like, it was just a popularity contest or whatever, because he had a lot of commercials. It's like, he sucks. He still sucks. Gosh, I I thought you'd be bigger than that, Griff. I thought you'd come on here and say, wow, I I was wrong. They're playing good, but nope, you can't do it. So Matt Stafford, let's get back. Let's get get back to him. Stafford! Matt Stafford is clunking around. Grifka playing horrible football, sort of turning the ball over, making all these mistakes. Everybody's ready to run him out on the rail. I was on a, a Bears podcast as a guest this week, and I, I blew the guy's mind by saying, I, I'm basically done with Matt Stafford. Like, I know what he is. I've seen what he's got. Okay, he can throw it pretty, you know, well. He's smart. He's a good quarterback. But he ain't a great quarterback. I mean, if I was Grifka, I would say, man, he's good, but he ain't that great. Like, I, I mean, I've reached a point with Matt Stafford where, like, I I don't know. The only thing that holds me back is the guy's 32 years old. He continues to say, oh, I love football. I want to play forever. But he continues to not take us anywhere. He continues to put up kind of those empty numbers. He gets a few comebacks now and again. I, I'm ready to move forward, Grifka. I just can't figure out the contract. The best plan I have is that you draft a guy, you keep him around, you try to trade him next year at the deadline. But I'm almost to the point, and we'll see what the people think about this. I've got a few tweets actually about it, is that my opinion is that if you're bringing a new head coach and a new new GM and kind of starting in this rebuild on the fly I almost feel like it has to be without Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford's going to bring the same thing he's brought the past 12 seasons which is you know good plays here or there mistakes here or there that cost you the game um, a good throwing arm a, a good you know overall player but not a great player not a franchise changer and not an ultimate you know fired up leaders so that's where i'm at i mean where are you at with this because he's the biggest piece on this team to either take us forward or to continue to hold us down where are you at with him yeah i guess uh the new coach whoever it may be i mean they're obviously him and the gm are going to go through and see who's here and see what's left and i have to agree with you derek if you're looking for the complete rebuild you almost got it eat the salary cap hit at that point. And fans are going to have to realize at that point, the first year you're just trying to break in a new quarterback. You, you know, like I said, hopefully you draft one. You're just not going out there and picking up some backup guy like, you know, Foles or, I don't know, McCoy or whoever. And you're expecting, you know, those guys to like lead you through one year because that, that I would feel even worse about that. I mean, go at least get a quarterback, you know, first, second round and kind of throw them into the fire from the jump. And that way, if you're eating that quarter, that, that salary cap pet with Stafford next year, people at least understand it. I mean, they might see some hope at that point, but you're right. I, I can't see a new coach coming in saying, okay, we're going to do a rebuild. And then you're going to have Stafford under setter. And the only reason you're doing that is because you don't want the cap hit. Like at that point, what are you saving it for? You know he's going to be gone next well, year, bringing something else at that point. This, because what you're going to get a rookie quarterback, and he's going. To, well, these these other guys have been here for at least a year under the new coach. That's going to help. I mean, at that point, let them all learn at the same time. 
get rid of Stafford, get a new quarterback in if you're going for the utter complete rebuild. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know you kept saying you agree with me, but I don't think you totally heard me because the the contract, the money is a big issue for me. Um, it's also something that as much as you want to do the clean sweep, I, I don't know that this team needs that. They still have some some players that can, can ball depending on who's coaching them and what scheme you're running. So, you know, they they need to rebuild the receivers. They need some defensive playmakers, but... My my point is like if you if you roll with Stafford, especially you know multiple years still here with this team, I don't see it you know an ultimate change that we all want, which is winning, winning at a really high level, having that ultimate game changer at the quarterback position. You'll have just the same thing we've seen: some exciting games, some just frustrating games. Ultimately, not winning enough games. But having this quarterback that's never going to get you in trouble off the field, he's always going to say and do the right things, but it's pretty much always not going to be good enough. So the money is an issue. I think you got to find that transition plan. I'm much more comfortable with a transition plan than a just get rid of them, eat the 25 plus million, and just roll out a, a rookie or an unproven guy. But that's kind of the ultimately all-in play. And Grifka, I think I've fallen in love. I think Grifka, my my target, I got to do some more research. I got to look into this. We're just kind of getting into that whole draft season where I'll be brushing up over everything and, and having to school you every week here on the show. Grifka, Zach Wilson of BYU is my guy. I watched him. This guy's got swagger. He wears a bandana. He's with Jumpman Jordan Brand. He can throw it all over the yard. He can run a little bit. He can. He's that new age quarterback that I've been waiting for. He looks like he's got not only swag but leadership qualities. I loved everything I saw watching this guy in the one live game that I've seen. I know that's Grifka scouting where I'm, I come on here and tell you exactly what he is, but I'm putting in the caveat that I need to read up. They said something about a previous shoulder injury, but all they did was talk about this kid being a bookworm. I mean, a, a like a quarterback study type of guy behind the scenes. He watches everything. He loves all these quarterbacks. Grifka, all I could do watching the game was see him in that Honolulu blue, slinging it around, you know, new age, young quarterback, we'd be up with the other teams that have those guys instead of number nine back there. And again, it probably sounds like we're we're running down number nine. Dude's a good guy. He's put up crazy numbers. He probably can go somewhere else and win. Somebody mentioned Denver or Indy. I guarantee you he could go there and be great and probably win playoff games and whatnot. But if we want to get real aggressive and move forward, or be able to trade Stafford either now or at next year's trade deadline. Give me some Zach Wilson, Grifka. I'm ready to sign him up right now. I'm ready to make that selection, uh, but still got a little more homework to do. What do you think about that? I like it. I thought you were going to say Justin Fields, and I would have been like, oh, God, no, please, no. (laughs) I know a lot of people, oh, Justin Fields. No, come on, man. No, I don't want him. (sighs) We're not going to have. And I'm sure during the draft thing we can talk about that. And I like, I like why, him but. as well, but uh, you got to watch some Zach Wilson, man. He's a he's an exciting well, I've prospect. Seen he seems for like some, the new. I've seen him new, for some odd reason thing. on Monday mornings when I'm at the gym and I'm on the treadmill. ESPN is always showing the BYU butt kicking from Saturday, and at one point I was just like, I mean, I realized they just lost to Coast Carolina it was a big one, but like, so I'm like sitting there watching this and like this guy's just doing damage, and I realized against it was some of it was against lesser opponents and everything, but still, it was a. Uh, 
I'm like, I was impressed with the guy. I'm like every week, it's like, oh, another BYU game because they were always on ESPN late Saturday night. So that's what they're showing when I'm on the treadmill at four in the morning at the gym with <laughs> right. the replay of the BYU game. I'm like, he was, yeah, he looked good. It's just not the plays he makes. It's the it's his skill set. It's the fact that he, you know, they went on and on about what he does kind of off the field. You'd see him. I mean, he he's a guy I think a lot of players would rally around. He's he's got enough swag to be that new type uh, quarterback, not the old crotchety pocket passer that we continue to go for. Like teams that are getting left in the dust continue to have. You got to have a guy that can run that option play, sling it all around the field. Uh, get you some yards with his feet. He's good in the pocket as well. I, I put a tweet out about how Matt Stafford is just, he gets that panic attack when he gets rushed and he just crumbles into a uh, the fetal position. Like, tired of it, you know? We need that to Sean Watson, who stands back there, and the minute the r- rush comes, he just bounces around. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's out the right side throwing a 30-yard ball across his body down the field for a first down and a big play. So, like I say, uh, to be determined, continued because I'm going to look into this kid more, but that's where I'm at right now with Zach Wilson. That's where I'm at with Matt Stafford is that I don't mind rolling him out in 2021, but we want a fresh start. We want better in Detroit. I don't think that you're going to get a ton better with number nine. People would say, well, just bring in a few pieces and get him a couple great receivers. We've been down that road. How many times? You know what I mean? It's, it's time just to say thanks for all you did. Give him a gold watch and send him on his way. Get him a gold watch like he's retiring. A that's, gold Timex, gold that's, plate Timex. <laughs> that's my that's my take. And like say, like he throws for four hundred a couple more times, I might have to waffle maker and change it. <laughs> right now, that's definitely where I'm at with the quarterback. All right, Grifka, we we gotta we gotta close the show up, but we're not gonna do that before I get the Grifka state of the franchise. So, like I said, since the last time we talked, Matt, Pat, Bob Quinn are gone. We got Daryl Bevel in there, who's everybody's favorite substitute teacher. He's putting on movies. He's not yelling at you when you're talking to your friends and chewing gum. He's telling you to just take recess for triple the time. He doesn't care. I mean, this guy's everybody's favorite coach right now. He's 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 doing everything the opposite of how Matt Patricia did it. The people love it. People are just running down Matt Pat, saying that he was just a miserable human being to work for and be around. I mean, who knows what the real truth is in all this, but... We got him as the interim coach. We got Kenny and Swift, who you would hope would come back soon, but we really have no idea. Lions got to find a way to upset the Packers, deal with Tom Brady, your boy Kirk Cousins. You know, they definitely have some tough games on the slate. Where are you at with the team right now, as well as what's the Grifka plan to kind of get this all to come together? I don't need GMs and coaches' names, but I need a big picture view of how we're going to where they're at now and how you're going to get this turned around uh, moving forward. This should be good. Yeah, people. Th- <laughs> this should be good is what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, I don't um, know. It's probably going to be the opposite of good because, uh, you know, often on the show you do this. It drives me freaking bonkers, but go ahead. It'll be entertaining for the people to hear your uh, grandiose thoughts. So go ahead. I mean, where they at now, like you mentioned before, there are a few guys on this team that can, um, you know, that we think our players are, and still, you know, guys that can play, you know, guys that can still develop that you're just not going to write off. So once again, you're going to build around those guys. I know it's like trite and it's like almost kind of sounds like GM speak right here. And we've named these guys off a whole bunch of times, you know, your favorite players, you know, Taylor Decker, you know, obviously he's going to be the man because they just signed him. And, um, 
yes, he's having a decent year. So there you go. I gave him a little kudos, as you mentioned. But um, I mean, we've named these guys up a hundred times, so that's what you're gonna have to do. And the coach is gonna have to figure out. I I think the biggest thing is, you know, which way they're gonna go in the defense. They're gonna have to bring a coach in here that is going to, I don't know, good enough to be able to kind of fit with what they have here. I realize we always talk about brushing out all of the linebackers, you know, bringing in, you know, faster ones. But like you said, everything's like has to do with money. You just can't cut everybody. So that's the biggest thing is I still think it's going to be in a transition year. I I can't see a new coach coming in and instantaneously, no matter who it is. And even if they keep Stafford or look to do a complete rebuild, I can't see this team, you know, I mean, I know we drink the Kool-Aid every spring when we see the schedule and we're like, Oh, 11 and five, 12 and four. I really can't see that happening because there are, there's a few guys, but not enough to do that much, that big of a swing. That's the way I feel with it. Um, myself, I mean, I know you mentioned the cap hit. I, I would just, I would just eat it at this point, and next year would just be a terrible year. I mean, obviously the coach is going to have more slack to be able to do that, unless he goes zero and sixteen, because we've seen that happen. The one year wonder coaches where they go zero and you know really bad and they get rid of them, but. Um, I, that that the lines don't seem to do that, so you know, yeah, you trade Stafford, do whatever you need to, bring in the young quarterback, eat the salary, and have everybody learn on the fly. It, that's kind of the, that's the way I look at it. And you have to go out and draft. I mean, I know you mentioned Wilson. I mean, people like Justin Fields. I don't. I mean, everybody knows lines aren't going to be there for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't know if there's another quarterback that's kind of sitting out there. I know we brought up Josh Rosen on a previous episode. He's never been really given an opportunity. But still, I, I don't know if you can get a coach that thinks that. I wouldn't do that myself. But um, that's kind of how I would look at it right there. But still, I mean, there's got to be a glimmer of hope out there with at least some of the talent that's out there. That you know, Like you mentioned, Hawkinson, he's really taken a step forward with the plays that he's made. I mean, and um, you know, you mentioned yeah, Taylor Decker is having a good year. Ragnow, I mean, um, was it? I think did you see the? What was it the play where Ragnow just pancaked a Akeem Hicks or whatever like that, and Hicks got all mad? Oh <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was like just a great block. And I've seen that. I remember watching they showed the highlight in the game, and then I seen it a couple times. Like people posted it on Facebook, and I was laughing when I saw that. So. I mean, there's like there's a couple guys in Jackson, you know, having a good rookie year. I mean, not outstanding, but he's having a good good year. So you have you know three fifths of your line right there to, to work around. So the the defense. I mean, we bring those guys up all the time. I think you're kind of you're stuck with Trey Flowers, you know, right now for a little bit. I'm not quite for sure if that's what the new defensive coordinator is going to want. A guy that he doesn't put, you know, he's not the sack master. He can set an edge though, and they still need a pass rusher, Everson Griffin, bringing him back, you know, kind of that salty veteran. But if they're going to strict, you know, complete utter rebuild, he might not want to hang around for that. He might be looking to go, go get that ring. So build around the young guys, you know, eat the, eat the contract, you know, just start, start fresh because if you're only going to keep Stafford for one more year, that doesn't really help the cause at all. Grifka, I, I'm a little surprised by your take of just move on from number nine, um, eat the eat the money. But again, why why should I be surprised that you're not worried at all about the dollars and cents? Like you never are on the show until I remind you about them. Griffco, like again, this is the Kool Aid cast. I mean, 
Uh, okay, you ran through some things, but let me let me serve it up for the people. Drink it in, uh... This is a very broad picture of your, your options for the Detroit Lions to get the fan base excited. One is if they rip off all their W's and somehow get in the playoffs with Daryl Bevel. People would then... Um, love that. All the haters would be like, oh, it's incredible, you know. And then we'd probably get bounced in the first round, but that would still be fun. Option two is to do somewhat what you're saying. Move on from Matt Stafford, get a dynamic GM and a head coach in here that people can get behind. Broom out all the players we've mentioned before that need to go, that have proven themselves they can't play. I don't care if they were drafted two, three years ago or they've, you know, in the middle of their careers, those guys all can go try to get out from some of these bad contracts and go ultra aggressive quarterback in the top 10. If, if that's what makes sense, players like Rondale Moore, speedsters, guys that are just ultimate playmakers, guys on the defensive side of the ball that you can maybe make the captain of your defense at, at the linebacker position or a, a nasty edge rusher from uh, the U, there you go, Benny Blades, or uh, somewhere else where, where they're going to be up at the top of the draft. There's lots of ways you could go, but if they just said, screw it, we're going with the new young quarterback with the fancy weapons and the new face defense with young fast guys, people would get hype about that and then the third option Grifka is to do what I said is to get aggressive and get that right GM and coach but transition everything so it's kind of a halfway um, the most exciting as I kind of put out on Twitter a while back is man you want to get crazy let's get crazy and that's sort of what I just laid out but if you don't want to get ultra crazy you could put a plan in place to move on from Matt Stafford make him that boy scout hey you said you're gonna do whatever you gotta do for the team you, you love Detroit Okay, well, now we want to see you show it. We want to sit you, see you play quarterback, do the same things you were been doing. But we're bringing this young kid, whether we get him in the first, second, third round, whatever it is, that's going to be the next guy. And you kind of bring him along. You kind of are refilling the roster as we go, which doesn't mean like all in one year, but you might kind of do it in stages. And next thing you know, trade Stafford for maybe a, a first or second round pick next year slide the young quarterback in surround him with a new kind of revamp 2020 type football team. Whereas like we got stuck, unfortunately with the Matt Patricia 1998 or 2010 type team, we'll move away from that and get us a new age team and, and move forward that way. So that's kind of where I see the state of the franchise. You got three options to go with and, and, and I'm anxious to see what happens with Daryl Bevel. I mean, I'm not writing him off if he can galvanize these guys and he could, you know, do some things. I'm not just sending him out just because he's Daryl Bevel. I mean, he, if he shows, you know, his worth and I'm not willing to overlook him just because, but also the most exciting would be new GM, new head coach, new quarterback, new offensive weapons, new exciting, blitzing, aggressive, nasty defense. I mean, that's what all the fans want. And then the third option is somewhere in the middle where, Hey, you're going to have to wait a couple years, but the lions are going to get them. So turned around and, and Grifka, please, Please at least be on board with me with this. We got to get it right this time. I am so sick of talking about this every four years. It's like every time the Olympics comes around, hey, let's talk about the Lions rebuilding everybody every four years. Let's start over and hope we get it right this time. It's time to get it right. It's time to get a dynamic head coach GM. And you know what I put online also, Grifka? It doesn't just take a good defensive mind or a people person or elite. It takes like a... 
an absolute franchise changer. The people that have come in here have to be those personalities where they can just overcome everything and they can, you know, work their way around the Detroit Lions country club politics that we know exists, overcome all that and the losing and, and get this team in the right direction, winning at a highest level and consistently being in the playoffs, not a playoff contender, consistently being in the playoffs. And then how about this for an idea? Actually getting wins in the playoffs. Start there, everybody. Grifko, we got to get it right this time. I, I'm never going to quit on this team. I'm never going to not love and talk Lions. But like you said on one of your solo shows, I've been hanging in there since the dog days. And I'm ready to get this right this time and get these leaders in here and get a signal caller that's going to take us to the highest level. We got to do it now. Yeah, I was, uh, like I said, I was pretty amazed that you've uh, hung around this long with some of the really sad days that you've seen for this franchise. You're like, man, I can go pick up on, I could, I should go pick up on a team like Pittsburgh or New England or Dallas or Green Bay or something like that. They win that, all the time. They're always that, on TV. That would be a waffle maker type move. That would be a, oh, let me just go love all the teams the NFL loves, which you bring up every show, every time here on the show. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ride and die with the Lions, Detroit versus everybody. But we got to get this one right. We got to get it going because I'm sick of the people telling me they'll never win because they've never won. And I'm, I've been watching them for 50 years. I get that every day. I hear that every time I turn on sports talk radio, nobody cares if you've been listening for 30 years and they've lost. What I'm worried about is in 2021, getting the right people in here, getting the right quarterback in here and getting this team heading in a, in a way that we haven't seen here in Detroit. I think it can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen because it hasn't happened. That's just that's just simpleton-type thinking, in my opinion. So, Grifka, let's get it right. Let's come back here on Friday and talk more about it. I'm sure you got some questions for me. I'm sure I'll be all stirred up. I'm sure the people have enjoyed me and you getting back after it here on the Kool-Aid cast. And they know there's only one more question left to ask. And that's this. Grifka... Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Unbelievable, everybody. Talking Lions. We got at Grifka DKC here. Still doesn't have anything for me in the show. Two plus years in running. One of these days, he's going to drop some knowledge on us. But until then, catch us Friday. Ray here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We'll be talking all things Lions. Appreciate you guys listening. Remember to do this. Drink it in, man. Big game against the Packers. We'll talk all about it on Friday and everything else going on with the Lions. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in.